This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Zach Jackson, 820. Will Elijah Moore stop us from getting... A free agent wide receiver. Will Deshaun Watson's contract stop us from getting a free? Whoa! Whoa. That whole thing. Lima pulling the Jason Lloyd and eating some granola as we come back from break. Well done. It's a good protein bar. Yeah, there you go. So Zach's going to join us at 820. LeBron's son is in the news. LeBron's telling people to leave his son alone. Because and I had said because they had, on ESPN they kind of like took him out of the draft or draftable players that said he'd be drafted in twenty twenty five not twenty twenty four, and my whole point of it is he's LeBron's son he's getting drafted, and they're playing he doesn't deserve to be drafted he's LeBron's son, what about Michael Jordan's son? Don't believe Michael Jordan was an active player by the time Jeffrey was playing at Illinois. Oh yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Bronny's averaging five and a half points a game, Jarrett, two point eight boards, two point five assists. He's shooting 37% from the field. Jarrett Payton was brought up with the late, great Walter Payton, and Walter Payton was an icon. Walter Payton was no longer playing by the time Jarrett Payton was playing at the University of Miami. LeBron James is still an active player. If if I know that he's averaging six points a game, but if, if he comes out in the draft, no matter when he comes out, somebody's going to give a pickup on him. That's a waste of a pick. Guys, teams have wasted picks for far less. Far, 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 far less. LeBron is an active player. I think he's much more involved in the NBA than a lot of people would believe. I think that's part of the reason why they won the... I'm not saying it was fixed, but I I just see a different level of competition in the in-season tournament. And I go, it makes sense. The, The ratings were an uptick. Well, there's LeBron. LeBron legitimizes a lot of things with the NBA. It would make sense that he played his ass off to win the in-season tournament with the Lakers. He takes the NBA very seriously. He takes the league, his legacy, everything very seriously. And he obviously takes his children very seriously. To the point where he's uh, told people that they should leave his son alone because he's a college kid and he should enjoy the experience. And I'm going, uh, he makes a lot in NIL. and they're, you, know, you could make the argument that he's a professional. And at one point, Owen had brought up, well, didn't he have a tweet that said that Bronny's better than half these guys he saw? And what game was it? Was it Mitch who said it? Mitch. I mean, did you? What was the thing that LeBron had said about his son being better than what? Who in what game? So it was. It was a few. 
uh, I think months ago that some LeBron was watching like Game Pass and he tweeted that uh, he was saying that oh Bronny's even better than some of these guys I'm watching right now and somebody took that tweet and put it along the one he put up yesterday yeah that was in defense of his son yeah and I mean uh, you could say well, that's a hypocrite that's a typical father it, that that's LeBron being a dad I would end up doing the same thing it, that's what dads do uh, but but I do think that LeBron's son he is I mean he's a paid player. In a lot of ways, with USC, he is a drafted, possibly a drafted prospect. We would say the same things about him. I, I, I'm not going to take personal shots at him, but I would say the same things about him as I would say for a lot of people coming out in the NFL draft. There's a, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of guys coming out for the NFL draft mm-hmm. this year. I'd say the same thing for them. The reason I bring up LeBron, because I think about what's in the name. LeBron, while Bronny is maybe not the best basketball player to come out in this coming draft. Now, if he were to stay at USC for a couple of years... Certainly, maybe he could grow. But it seems like he has a profile of yes. somebody who, who should be staying yes. three to four years. Yes, and that, that would make a lot of sense. But, you know, LeBron doesn't have three to four years, possibly. Yeah. So it might expedite that, that point for him. The reason I bring it up is that names can cover up a lot of warts. I listened to, to Nick and Daryl yesterday. Daryl is very down on the Guardians. Nick has convinced himself that the Guardians have a great chance. Now, I'm not going to do a rah-rah thing for the Guardians. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I don't know how great they're going to be. By the way, this spring training report is brought to you by Casey Roofing and Quinn Legal. I'm not trying to say that I think the Guardians are going to go out and win 100-plus games. I do think it's baseball and that you can have a level of optimism in the game of baseball more than you can have. I think there's a level of optimism with hockey that things could be different from the way people think it's going to be at the beginning of the season. But if you think your favorite football team's going to suck, nine times out of ten, that team's going to be bad. Basketball, usually the same way. Baseball, we hear all the time, worst to first. The Guardians weren't even the worst last year. But now that I'm seeing without Terry Francona, a lot of the general fans, they look and they go, okay, I know who Jose Ramirez is. Shane Bieber, every time you talk about him, you're talking about trading him. Jeff Passan or whoever was on last, Anthony Kastrovitz said he ain't going to finish the season here. Uh, and There's a lot of negativity, and I'm going, man, Terry Francona covered up a lot of negative stuff with this team that now is coming to the surface with a lot of the general fans of the name change. Well, we got Francona. Okay. The stadium. Oh, I got Francona. Francisco. Well, we got Francona. All the other things, the Dolans and the Cheeps and the things like, well, we got Francona. And now that Terry's gone or Terry's retired as a manager with the Guardians and it's Stephen Vogt. Well, Stephen Vogt's a really nice guy and you and I got to meet him. But I don't know him from anything, and I don't know how great of a manager he's going to be, and he's a first-time manager, and I think a lot of people, because they don't know who a lot of these guys really are, I think that this is as as negative as I've seen it getting ready for a Guardian season. Um, I think part of it is that even if you, you know, were upset about the lack of spending every year, which, of course, every fan was, but at least you you could set your clock, you could set your watch to, hey, Tito is going to manage his team. The organization is going to put a competitive team, and Tito is going to get the most of them. In most years, I think over the decade that he was here, that was a very, very safe bet. Unfortunately, you don't have that part of it anymore. You, you, you obviously didn't spend any money, and they're no different than, my God, baseball has a problem, 20, 20-some-odd 20 teams. that I mean, How many guys are still available right now? Top three agents are still available that have not been signed during hot stove, which has been going on for two months. Like, how embarrassing is the league? But we've just accepted that's that's what the league is. And so there's going to be no buzz generated uh, in in this sport outside of Shohei Otani, (laughs) you know, going on in the offseason. So 
we're all sitting here going, hey, wake us up when, you know, it's the eclipse day and we've actually got baseball, you know, back here in town. And hopefully your new manager is a great pick. I do trust our organization. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if he turns out to be a really good manager. But in terms of buzz and getting excited. I don't even excited, think people care about that right now. I, and I, think that, I do think they put on a good product. It's going to be a weird-looking stadium this year because, what, the top end, the top half is still going to be green. So it's going to be a little yeah. bit of a weird-looking stadium this Man, year. So still, you don't even get the I, full. There's new seats Dro- missing. Drove by it yesterday, and I'm like, there is still a massive construction there project There was a giant on. crane in center field they're, still. Well, they're working their asses but off. But there were also 50 vehicles, 60 yes. work vehicles. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Now they realize there's they're up against it. There. They're, they're well, going to they, be getting this done. They, they got some good weather, and it's been, yeah. it's been a fortunate winter, so they can get a lot of it done. I think they're getting ready to put in. I know one of the field guys. I think they're getting ready to put in the grass. So, I mean, it'll be yeah, ready. imagine pretty soon. Yeah. It, yeah, it'll be ready, and things will be fine. But I, I'm just seeing a lot of negativity, and I'm thinking it wouldn't it wouldn't be anywhere near this if if Terry Francona was there. Well, like, he had I, a calming I don't think people think about would be brimming with confidence, but I don't think it'll be. Think any, about like, it this People way. are very cynical right now. Think about the image of him out in Arizona, right about now. Once the truck got there, and they they broke camp, and and here we are, Tito telling his jokes. You know, yeah. he's always very jovial this time of year with the reporters. He's always able to reflect. They've got him in the scooter. And it's like, hey, guys, the Guardians, the Indians, the, the Cleveland baseball team, they're in good hands because we know that he is going to take care and mask as best he can the deficiencies. He's going to work this team towards, you know, 162, getting the most out of this team. And that is gone. That That almost fatherly... You know, figure is it's gone. Is he the last manager slash head coach in charge in this city that has that calming influence, that has that power over a fan base? Am I wrong? Oh, and you're a big Guardians fan. Am I wrong about this cynicism? I don't think there'd be there the cynicism if Terry Francona was still oh, the manager. No. Okay, I'm right? You, you're right, okay. but I do think this there would be questions about his age and stuff if he was still there because of the way the that the season ended last year yeah. on the field. Fair. Not the off-field stuff. But That's fair. But I, I, I think that there would still be some just like, hey, it's baseball. Like, I'm not even getting right. the, hey, it's baseball. There is that. I mean, he's one of the uh, greatest living managers still. But, you know? that, but that level of trust, I'm not get, I, I don't see that with, with the other two in the city. Kevin Stefanski is a two-time right. coach of the year, and I still think some a lot of people, uh, the vast majority of people, are at arm's length. JB Bickerstaff <laughs> lose to Dallas tonight. I'm sure there's going to be some people who are upset because it's been about two and a half weeks since they've played really dominating basketball, and people are getting involved. Terry Francona, in a lot of ways, Terry Francona walked on water in this city, and with a team that at times wasn't the most talented team. He could turn chicken salad out of you-know-what to a lot of people. And I think that there was more talent than what people are willing to willing to say. But to a lot of people, it's just, well, we can't love him because we can't keep him here. The one guy that you kept here, you know, you might be able to make the argument to let him go by the end of the year for something, but I wouldn't do that. That would make things even worse for the fan base and worse for the general fan out there. So you have to build up some confidence with him, but it's almost like they are starting all over again. And a lot of the things that we... We ignored conveniently and that you and I were able to ignore conveniently with some of the fans and some of the, the, the possible cynicism that would happen. It was covered up by Terry Francona. And now that Steven Vogt is here, he seems like a nice enough guy. 
he looks like a nice enough guy. I wish him well, but I think that that's where it ends for a lot of people. And they'll just they'll change their mind if the team comes out hot. Yeah, and that's if what, they don't that's come out hot, then they're to. just going to get ready for football season or in a way, play out the string for the Cavs, and then we'll see how far the Cavs go. There'll be high hopes, and then they're just ready for football season. And in a way, that's that's going to be a really tough spot for vote and and this team. Now, fortunately, I think he's um, and I think that the organization has made sure that he has a a great structure around him, and so he has a, a lot of I think favorable situations at least to. To come out and and look like a team that has some of that carryover from Tito, maybe not game to game. He's going to manage differently. I mean, he's come out and said that. I mean, I I, I don't think you're going to be seeing very very much bunting, you know, to move runners along. I think he is going to going to be a very. No, he said that to us. He doesn't really. He's not not as big on bunting as what <laughs> right. Kevin or Kevin what Terry Francona was, but. You know, you also realize that they're coming off a season where they won only 76 well, games. I wonder where, you know, two years ago, tons of youth, not a lot of experience on the roster, so you needed a guy like Tito to be the calming presence. Last season seemed to be uh, the age gap was there between the manager and the, and the roster. What was so more now, noticeable? Yeah, so mm-hmm. now maybe you're getting some youth invigoration from the manager spot to help lead those guys who have now been in, you know, not battle-tested, but have been, you know, through a long but, and you're, season. That's I, I, a great point, Owen. And, you know, there are there are seasons, like in the NBA, Pistons fans knew this year was probably going to be pretty ugly. Like, they just, they, they, they probably knew that. Uh, in, in baseball, I think there are a lot of teams right now that know, yeah, this this roster on paper. I think there's it's a, a lot who team. think, but every but the every Guardians, year there's someone who surprises. Sure, sure. The Guardians fans, I don't think know where this is going this year. Would you be stunned if they won the division? No. Would you be stunned if they were terrible? I think it's the first. I would, be, I would I think actually this be. Is, see, I would not. This is the first terrible. year. This is the sixty they, wins. I mean, they, sixty-five they, wins. I think I'd be stunned. They had they, seventy-six be, wins last year. I'd be pretty shocked if I, I called you, dude. That's how shocked yep. I'd be. I'd be pretty shocked if they were a sixty-plus win no, team. No, if that's they it. trade Shane Bieber, too. I. Well, You're relying on a bunch of young well, guys. Don't say that. And they were they were in fourth uh, they were in third place last year. The White Sox had well, 61 wins, the Royals at 56. I really can't count this as a honeymoon with Stephen Vogt because of everything that I'm hearing about from again, the hardcore baseball fans, hardcore baseball fans, hope springs new every spring. That is not who I'm talking to. But for the general fans, I just think there's a lot of malaise with a lot of fans out there. I think they're waiting for the Dolans to sell the team, which that opens up another conversation that you and I never really even want to get into because it doesn't go anywhere other than negative places. Whatever honeymoon there is for Stephen Vogt, that would go right out the window. <laughs> that would go right out the window. And people would be nasty towards him, and they'd be nasty towards the organization. That's the spring training report brought to you by Golf Tech and Bet365. Coming up next... We're going into year four with Elijah Moore. Could he stop the Browns from drafting a wide receiver? A man who's looking at those wide receivers that possibly are drafted? Zach Jackson. He joins us next on The Fan. Well, I'm going to take it away. i got to sneeze. Big sports weekend shaping up just four days from Go. today. We've got combine activity. Not only that, Combine Kenny, activity starts now, doesn't it? Uh, without a doubt. And coming up today. General manager speaking today. You can hear Andrew Barry. And I hope. I hope some of the individuals covering the team will have the you-know-what, Kenny, the stones to ask the questions about what happened in that playoff game. <laughs> Wouldn't they have already asked him? Did he do a press conference I, after the I season? I don't know. I hadn't heard him. 
Put it on the glass, Ken. Yep, got put it out there. What do you mean you didn't hear him? I didn't hear anything. He spoke after the season. Why did the defense get torched in that game, Kenny? Because they did not. Well, there's many reasons, but one of them is that they didn't see C.J. Stroud before. Oh, there's game film. Okay, that's different from actually doing it. Browns need to invest in a new projector. (laughs) You can watch all the adult cinema you want, but until you actually get there and do it, you don't know. Zach Jackson joins us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Yellow. Good morning, gentlemen. Lima, go ahead and ask Zach. Well, we were asking earlier in the show, and so that, that brought us to that exact question, whether or not the team needs to react, overreact, or whatever to what happened in the playoff game because we saw a completely different defense in that game against a very good quarterback, but a rookie and a rookie head coach. And I haven't really heard much about that playoff game. It's kind of been almost treated as a fluke. And I'm wondering if that should even be something that gets brought up behind the scenes uh, within the organization. Um, I don't know if it was a fluke. I mean, I I think it puts a a damper on the whole thing. You can't dance around like you're the best defense in the world and give up 45 in the playoffs. Like, you can't. It was completely disappointing. What about the 14 that Joe Flacco gave up? uh, The defense was far and away the biggest issue in that game. There is no doubt about it. They just they couldn't get a stop. They they put the offense in in bad spots over and over. So, you know the body of work was good. Um, the talent's good. You would expect natural growth in the second year with you know knowing. Um, I think they, being the front office and Jim Schwartz, did a good job of picking players that fit last year. And I think all you can do is say that that should bode well. Should be even better at picking the right players and um, continuing to develop the ones they have for the second year. So, um, you know, I don't think everybody's going to be back. I think most are going to be back. The biggest question obviously being Zedaria Smith. And then they just have to go out and prove it because the road splits were noticeable all year. You know, um, the mobile quarterbacks beat them up all year and they have to fix that because if they're going to get back in the playoffs, the defense has to be really good again and and better in those spots. Do you think, Zach, when you bring up the, the road splits. I just thought they played better quarterbacks on the roads. I mean, what else would account for that? And do you think it was more scheme or the type of players who dominated every other game just would, would struggle against those mobile quarterbacks more than guys that would be available? Yeah, I mean, they did play better quarterbacks on the road, no doubt. But, like, one of them was Gardner Minshew, who turned into Michael Vitt for two and a half quarters, right? I mean, Steichen gave that game away with, with the call inside their own two-yard line. So, um you know, Russell Wilson's the only good game of the year. It just happened to be in Denver. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this, you know, it it was a disappointing end. The season was good enough. The team was good enough. Everything about it was fun and promising. Um, that it was a really disappointing end. So, you know, you get away from it, you evaluate, and, and now they go forward. So I really can't believe that you'd have me on in late February to talk about mid-January. <laughs> Yeah, real quick, yes or no? Would they have done better against Houston had they played C.J. Stroud on Christmas Eve? Probably, but I don't know that you can say that. Okay, fine. To hell with it. Zach Jackson joining us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Speaking of names with a Z, Zadarius Smith, give me a percent chance that he returns to the Cleveland Browns in 2024. Yeah, I, I always thought it was probably 60, at least on the right side of 50, you know, maybe higher than 60. I think it probably slightly increases with the cap increase. Um, he's going to have value. Now, he's he's going to be 32. 
he played about 60% of the snaps. He played well. He, he started every game that the regulars started, and he played, um, you know, in, in every defensive package, he had a different role. And so given his history, his ability to play different schemes and his pass rush ability, he's going to be coveted by some team. But I don't think it's going to be the first hour or first day or maybe even first week or month of free agency. It's just not how it goes for some of these older guys. So we'll see. I mean, if the Browns really want him, They'll make a move and get him um, before then. But I think they're more likely if they do kind of come up with one um, big money A-list guy, I think it's probably more likely to be a defensive lineman than a wide receiver um, that would come down to availability and what they think. But he's a starting defensive end. And even though I thought Obo was the second best pass rusher, um, you know, he has a specialized role. So, um, you know, he he was a part of it, and I and I think that he can be again. But I'm I'm not sure how this is all going to play out over these next few weeks. You know, Zach Zach Jackson with us, and we went through the clowny situation where it was year to year, and he he did come back. Um, mm-hmm. and he had said at the time, you know, Deshaun Watson being the quarterback was a big part of that. Then he ends up leaving. It's bad blood at the end of that year, and then the next year it's Zadarius Smith. If it's then not Zadarius Smith the following year. Do we just have to get used to the fact that we're going to be doing this year by year because they haven't really drafted a guy and been in position to draft a guy who could be a part of that core? Well, I mean, in fairness, Alex Wright took big strides. Now, do I, do I think that they're going to pencil in Alex Wright to play 70% of the snaps and be the starter? No. But, yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. I think that's the nature of it, you know. Um, good teams just continue to restock their defensive lines, and the draft picks they've lost have, have hurt that, but – you know, they brought in the right guys last year. Maurice Hurst for nothing. Shelby Harris in August. And that, to me, is is the biggest thing we all need to keep in mind over these next two or three weeks is the Browns have come far enough that they can piece it together. They can go to the spring and let their young guys compete. You know, they can take a look. Like last year, they gave Obo a bunch of guaranteed money on the... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. First day of free agency, they didn't trade for Zedarius until mid-May, right? So um, it's not going to be 
all at once. Um, even if they, you know, do go get two two named guys uh, on, on that first Monday afternoon. So you can piece it together, and and they did a good job of that. Um, you're right; they have not drafted well. I don't know that Ika is ever going to play. We'll see on Isaiah McGuire. You know, in theory, that would weigh into his Adarius Smith decision, but I, I don't think he's ready to play a significant role right now. So we'll see. Could they draft a guy in the second round who is that? Sure. Can they find a guy who is that? Yeah. I think Zedarius probably comes back, and then you continue to develop those guys and hope by the end of the year that they're playing really well. Zach Jackson joining us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Give me a percent chance that Joe Flacco returns. Probably 25 is what I would put it at. I don't think the door is closed, but I think he understands. I think the locker room understands. And you know, I don't know exactly what the market's going to be for him. It, it, it's interesting. Um you know, I would have thought there would have been a stronger desire for Jacoby Brissett than there was last year after the way he played, you know, and, and there wasn't, and he went to Washington and sat the bench the whole year. So I envision a potential scenario where a week and a half goes by a free agency and Flacco's available and the Browns say, let's do this, but I got to believe, and I know what they've said on the record, but I got to believe that they cannot put that guy who was so beloved and so good for that small amount of time back in that locker room given what's at stake and the dynamics of everything there. I just, I, I don't think it's the right thing to do. <laughs> and, and I love Joe Flacco and the players absolutely love Joe Flacco. And as bizarre as it is, that's probably the biggest reason you can't bring back Joe Flacco. Well, because of the quarterback, Sean Watson went out there and he struggled. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. That, that is exactly what I'm saying. Well, cause I can't, How that's, bizarre is it that the locker room loves the guy and that's why he can't bring him back. That's why I'm so surprised. And I think a lot of people get sick by hearing that, but I, I think it's just the truth of the matter here, Zach, because I'm surprised you said 25%. I mean, I slammed the door and threw locks on it earlier at 720. Yeah, you just you don't know, Ken. And, let, and, and you know, um, I, I don't think they have the deal in play. You know, I, I think there's a chance that they are going to go get Jacoby Brissett and bring him back. But other than that, it's one of these things where the market whoa, is going to play out. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. They Bob have to Shell have a veteran quarterback. Whoa. Whoa. They have to have a veteran backup quarterback. Like they, they have to. So can I, um, I so the, DT, on, the DTR thing yeah, he's gonna he's definitely gonna tweet that. So the DTR thing is over. They they lost confidence in him, they or they don't think he's no. that good. No, but any fair he's a great kid and he made strides, but any fair evaluation of where he is and where the Browns are would say that he can't be your number two quarterback. So I'm gonna tweet Zach Zach Jackson <laughs> telling us that and the they Bron- learned that last year. That they learned that last year, yeah. right? Well, that's like, true. Come on, he played and he improved, and that's what you want. He was drafted with the thought that he could become the long-term backup, and that he would cost nothing for his four years. So they're going to go into this with a quarterback budget, you know. And I don't know who's going to fit it. I don't know if they have that one guy, specifically the one I mentioned, at a certain number that they're going to get. I think the only way Flacco comes back is if they get past that number, and then that you know just things move down the road. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put out there on social media at Akron Jackson telling us the Browns will pursue J- Jacoby Brissett. Um, no, but I, I'm saying it, it would not be surprising whatsoever if that's the move, and it would make a lot of sense on a lot of fronts. All right, never mind. I'm not gonna put anything out there. Go ahead. Right, give us a a roadmap to this off season for the wide receiver position, it seems to be the one position I think Browns fans are talking the most about. Yeah, um, 
they have to upgrade it again. I, I know what's been said on the record, and um, they're not bailing on Cedric Tillman, and I'm not, right? But but you have to be realistic about it. What you brought in last year didn't work, and specifically, Elijah Moore didn't work with the guy who's going to be your quarterback, you know? Um, and, and Tillman showed a little bit, but not a lot, not enough. So um, I, I would say that it's not totally closed, but I would be surprised if they were in on like an A-list guy that, that everybody knows. I just don't think that's realistic, Mike Evans, for, for multiple reasons. I think you're more in the Darnell Mooney's of the world who, you know, just got lost, got injured and got lost in a shuffle, um, has produced, has made plays down the field because that's what they need. And then I think you're drafting one in the second or third round, um, almost undoubtedly, right? Even if you're saying we're good enough to draft for the best player and even if you're saying it's time for us to draft a defensive lineman who's going to be here for years or even an offensive tackle in the right scenario, um, seems unlikely, but probably not out of the equation. Uh, you know, They're going to add, uh, to me, 70%, I guess, is the way I would answer it. Mid-level, experienced veteran receiver, and then come back in the draft with um, you know, a player that may, maybe doesn't ha- isn't even in the plans for the first two months, but could eventually you know, help you in multiple ways. Zach, the same Darnell Mooney who fumbled the Hail Mary, the same Darnell yeah. Mooney who didn't block Cam Mitchell that led to the Browns' comeback yeah. victory against the Chicago Bears? Yes, yes. Take a look at the wide receiver free agent list, Ken. I have and, it in my hand. And you would you look at some of the names, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll love Darnell Mooney real quick. Calvin Ridley? Like Tyler Boyd makes sense, you know? Um, I don't know. You know, I guess they could be in the Calvin Ridley range. I'm not sure that he gets out the door. Curtis and Samuel. And if he does, I wonder what's going on there. Yeah, he, he, Curtis Samuel's the kind of guy that, that, that makes sense in that front. I put him in that same category. Okay. Um, you know, can, has produced – um, you know, has some big play of pop. That's what they're looking for. All right. Zach Jackson with us. We know today in Indy, it's going to be press conference day the next two days. Tomorrow, Stefanski. Today, Andrew Barry. And we all we all know, and I think it's it's been proven, that Andrew Barry has done a really good job as an executive in this front office for the Cleveland Browns. We also compare him to all the bad GMs that we've had over the years. How does he stack up, though? Because this is what matters now going forward. We all talk about needing to win the division. How does he stack up with the other GMs? I know Cincinnati technically doesn't have a GM, but Duke Tobin is player personnel. How does he stack up with Khan and DaCosta in this division? seems like everybody's drafted pretty well over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's done a good job. And I think that the continuity – is not just something that you do to do. I think they've earned it, right? I think they've put their plans into place. I think they inherited some good players and have kept the ones that they wanted to by being aggressive. I think they've been aggressive on the outside. Um, the drafting has not been great, but I think they last year they got some young guys. The last two years they got some young guys later who could become good players. Um, I think he's done a good job. Uh, he has. So, um, and I think when you look at free agency, and I think my thought that they're going to do more spending on their own guys than you know making big splashes outside is a tribute to having done a good job and saying they like their roster and they should, right? So getting this roster to the next level is obviously about the quarterback and that move. And ultimately, is Barry going to be as tied to that 
you know, I don't know. Um, it's, it's maybe going to sink everything probably, or maybe they're going to get it together and, and he's going to find some receiving core and, and defensive veterans. And they're going to be a real contender this year. We'll see, um, how that goes. But, you know, I think you just have to look at the results and where this team is and say, they've done a good job and it's a fair thought to think that they're going to continue on the right track and validate a bunch of their decisions. Last year they were adaptable and bailing on some of the bad decisions and, and finding fixes in, in, in kicker and defensive line, right? Like yes. Flat out, I mean, the quarterback side, maybe the worst thing Andrew Berry did, his group, Andrew Berry's group, they stunk on the defensive line in 2022, right? Well, they realized that and they fixed it and arguably did the best job of upgrading a defensive line of anybody last year. So half those guys are free agents. They, they have to do it again, but there's, it's not just projection anymore. There's evidence that they've made the right calls and they've put a team out there capable of winning 11 games. So I think he's done a good job. Zach Jackson, 10 seconds, yes or no, the Browns will restructure Deshaun Watson's contract. Uh, it's not a certainty, but I would say yes, and I, I would say it makes sense to do so on multiple fronts. Makes sense. All right, Zach, thank you very much for the time. You're wonderful. Thanks, guys. Zach Jackson on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Got to break down that answer. Got to break down the wide receiver answer. Certainly got to break down that little Jacoby Brissett nugget. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lyman at 9 o'clock. Get your tissues out on the fan. Well, well. Jacoby Brissett, come on down. 216-474-0092. I don't know if that's going to work with a regular fan. I think if for a regular fan, they're going to go, if you're willing to go with Jacoby Brissett, why didn't you just go a little bit further and bring back Joe Flacco? They love Joe Flacco, man. You know yeah, they, and they like Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, they really like Jacoby, or they really like and him. Brissett, they... Brissett played more games. Now, he yeah. did Brissett, if he would have had the defense that they had last year, we talking about that team being a playoff team. He was a top 10 quarterback. He statistically, according to PFF, and we love PFF when it comes to pass rush win rate and defense, yeah. but statistically on offense, he was a top 10 quarterback that year. Wait, what? Jacoby Brissett. Oh, yeah. Ever heard of him? I'm sorry. You brought up the win rate. I go, what yeah. is he saying? Well, sometimes we we throw away PFF. some PFF numbers, but embrace or others. like when they talk about yeah, as long as they help cap, our yeah. cap casualties, we don't like them. No, we there don't are, like that. Yeah, I have alternative facts. Don't do that. Don't, and, and don't come on our air and do that. Yeah. Then when they come on and talk about Deshaun Watson like they did at the end of last week, we don't like that. Don't do that. I respect what Sam Monson had had to say. It bothered me. Didn't like hearing it, but I'm not going to rip him for it. We'll find out if he's right. The same thing when people rip on Greg Cosell. I don't think that Greg Cosell has any any sort of an agenda. I think Merrill Merrill Hodge. The only time that guy trends on social media is when he says something terribly nasty about a quarterback. But he's very rarely wrong when he says those terrible nasty things about a quarterback. So I mean, he might be for a fullback. He might be the best quarterback evaluator out there. I don't know. Jacoby Brissett might make people excited. I as a backup, you got to think about that. That was that was surprising to me. Also, what he said about the wide receiver, like Darnell Moody, I think if they were to get Darnell Moody, that's the first thing people were thinking of because that's the first thing I thought of. The drop tail Mary. You've went to the worst. You, you I, thought of your low light reel that you recall because you were watching it. Tone, I got Curtis Samuel out there. And where did Curtis Samuel play college football? Ohio State. There you go. I Thank you for answering. They can't see your face. 
I Curtis Samuel played at Ohio State or Darnell Mooney. <laughs> Fish in a barrel. Yeah. Very easy to do the Andy Dalton backup principle. Well, and also think about the way that we just went from T. Higgins, where, where, where the debate was. I couldn't even block Cam Mitchell. Where, where the debate was when I was at home is, is T. Higgins the number one on this team over Amari Cooper? Then it was Mike Evans. Look at what Mike Evans just did with Baker Mayfield and went to the playoffs, and he was unstoppable, and that guy's been doing it every year for like a decade. Yeah. And now we're talking about who? Darnell Mooney. Guys, it, uh, that we, is, we knew that this is was a big fall from grace. We knew this was eventually going to happen. That if this is this is a nitty gritty off season, guys. That's what this is going to be. There's going to be there's there was a day, there was a time, there was big name spending. But how many times did that? How many times did that really work out for you? When we got Paul Kruger, oh yeah, boy, I was excited. Holy it didn't cow! End up going what that a well. name! Yeah, we got Paul Kruger. Think about all the other big name free agents we got. How many of them really worked out? Yeah, typically, yeah, typically free agents. If and, you're building your team through yes. free agency, it's never, never a good thing. And Mike and Mike Evans, and I mean, it, it, well, I mean, you could make the argument the Browns did a lot of building through free agency last year defensively on those one year deals, and and it worked. It, it did it again. Worked. I bring up Dalvin Tomlinson. Now that wasn't a one year deal, but I bring up Dalvin Tomlinson, who he made he made Jordan Elliott a lot better of a football player. So there's there's some things that definitely worked. That's why you give you give Andrew Barry a little bit of credit there. We'll hear from Andrew Barry later on today right here on The Fan as he's going to be t- speaking to the assembled media uh, at the Combine here for 2024. Also, Kevin Stefanski will speak tomorrow. But when it came to wide receiver, T. Higgins was going to be franchised, and once he's franchised, he might get traded. It ain't going to be to us. They are not going to trade him to us. So that's dead. And with the salary cap went up 13%, which is a tremendous jump, $30 million, that might make room for Mike Evans to stay down in Tampa with Baker Mayfield. And still, I, I don't know if you had what it, had what it takes to go out and get a Mike Evans. Now, I really like Mike Evans, obviously. Everybody, everybody does. But what Zach says is, yeah, the first thing I'm going to bring up with Darnell Mooney is the drop Hail Mary and the, and the not being able to block Cameron Mitchell. Cameron Mitchell made a great play, by the way. But he wasn't able to do that. That's the first thing I'm going to bring up. Curtis Samuel. People like Curtis Samuel because Curtis Samuel was a Buckeye. There's another couple of names out there, but none of that stuff's going to send people running to the phones yelling Super Bowl, Super Browns. It's not going to do it. This is the situation you're in. Last year, you got Elijah Moore. You need more out of Elijah Moore this year. You need to use him properly. I'm being accused of making excuses for the Browns' defense on social media. I don't need to go down that well. All I said was that they it would have done them a little bit better to see C.J. Stroud earlier in the season. That's all I'm saying. But when it comes to wide receivers, yeah, I need to see Elijah Moore used as a wide receiver where – if he was getting the most separation at one point this year as a wide receiver, maybe you should use him more as a wide receiver and stop this foolishness in the background or backfield. Uh, as an aside, Curtis Samuel is is very interesting because he is. he is so fast. Yes, he is. And it almost seems like the type of guy that they thought they were getting an Elijah Moore that could get behind people but could be used in a bunch of different ways. I mean – he has he has seasons where he has plenty of carries too, so I like that dynamic. I I actually think he's someone who can well, get handoffs as opposed to whatever yeah. the hell they were trying to do with Elijah. But Moore. all that's still another reason, and that's that's a very good point. But he's not a Cleveland Brown just yet, yeah. and all that's still another reason, Anthony. Where the David you weren't here for the David Njoku conversation, but it was laughable from the very get go. Now Sam Monson defended himself a little bit because he said that the clip that was on the internet was taken out of context. I like Sam. I believe yeah, Sam. Yeah, about him being cut. Yeah. Cut 
material we, or what would, was the he, phrase? Because it, it says at the bottom of the screen that fixing the Cleveland Browns, you go, they're 11 and six. What needs fixing? Yeah. And then you hear about David and Joker. You're like, have these guys even seen a football, let alone talk football? And th- it got a lot of people worked up. It got me worked up when I first saw it because it, it just shows you you don't have a ton of ca- you still won't have a ton of cap space. Apparently, you know, th- there's always the argument of how real it is. But, you know, let's just go with it now. This was also said before the cap. Yes, number came yes out that's too. true. But it also it shows how indispensable David Njoku is to this offense and how indispensable he's going to be for but l- it was also at least this coming year. Them just looking at the numbers, just the numbers on paper and going, this is where if you need uh-huh. to get a defensive player, you go and you can cut there. Yeah, but I if that's if you had full faith and confidence in your right. quarterback. And you had full yeah, faith and confidence. Looking, that's not looking at the player. That's looking yes. at the numbers on the page. Yeah, so I have I have Amari Cooper, who I who I know is going to give me a good, solid effort, but it's going to cross over to 30 this year. I have Elijah Moore, who has been a bit of a disappointment. Some of that's his fault. Some of that's not. So I don't know what I'm going to get at Elijah Moore. Where else am I going to go with the wide receiver position? I'm hoping for Cedric Tillman. Well, you and I talked about him earlier, this, earlier in this show about, well, he's, he's still not the greatest route runner out there. He still doesn't have top-end speed that's going to burn everybody's doors I, off. I'm hoping so those I were just rookie. With him. I'm hoping the things we heard about him were just okay. rookie mistakes. And, and, and David Bell's been hurt. I got Marquise Goodwin was older. We had James Prochet, who you signed off yeah. uh, signed off of waivers or signed off as a free agent at one point, so that's a no-go. So, yeah, you could be looking at a draft pick, but that's just what makes David Njoku that much more important to this offense. So he's going to be an extremely important piece, and nobody is going to disagree with that because everybody already knows that. Running back is going to be an interesting position where they could go in the draft. Like, there's a lot of different places they could go at pick 54 and 55 and so on and so forth early in the Browns draft draft picks for 2024. Wide receiver, make a great case. Running back, I can make a great case. I can make a great case for a free agent running back if I want to because there's probably not going to be Kareem Hunt. This coming year. So I can make a tremendous case for a free agent running back with some of the names that are out there. I could definitely give you an argument for some of the running backs in the draft. What Wide about, receiver we uh, just talked about. Tackles. De- defensive tackles we talked about, but usually really good defensive tackles are going to go higher. So I don't know what's really going to be left. What's left Usually tackle? we tend to be pretty deep. Left tackle I don't think is going to be much of a conversation. Maybe that's later in a developmental role there. Somebody said you could trade Jedrick Wills. I don't know who's taking him and his $15 million plus dollars. I don't know really who's doing that, giving you a wide receiver in return. I don't think that's really going to happen. If you don't have a lot of faith, you can't just trade your trash for someone else's treasure. If you don't have a lot of faith in Jed Wills, and you had Bill Callahan yeah, working with you. have extra treasure to yeah. do the trading. Yeah. They don't have any extra treasure right now. Trades get done because everybody thinks they're doing it. They're, they're, getting, they're getting better. They're not necessarily winning the trade. Trades get done in the NFL because they think they're getting better. We always take it because we we watch draft day and we always think like, oh, we fooled them. It's not really that way. Sometimes, yes, they have tremendous egos. They think that way, but you're trying to make yourself better. Another team has a player that you like or another team has a situation uh, that you can take advantage of. What do you think uh, Callahan thinks of Jed Wills and what do you think they're doing over there in Tennessee? (laughs) Well, we might find out with what he does with Jack Conklin. Because Jack Conklin, I have Dewan Jones, who I can make you a hell of a case to put at left tackle. I have Jed Wills, who's still a younger player, but I think a lot of people's ships have sailed with him, who you can make an argument going, well, he was a right tackle in college. Can I put him back at right tackle again? 
could I put Dewan Jones over at left tackle? Or could I keep Dewan Jones over at right tackle and see if we can still work this thing out with Jedrick Wills? Probably not what everybody wants to hear, but there are possibilities right now in the offseason of what you would do with Jedrick Wills, who's a younger player who did just come off an injury. Jack Conklin, who's a little bit of an older player, but has certainly been injured over the last three years. 216-474-0092. Mitch, please, at 940. Will he go two for two on the week with exceptional sound? Also at 940, we say goodbye to a legend the only way we know how. Up next, big day tonight, or big night tonight. Get your tissues out. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lime on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.